continue with the series about resurrection living. Uh, started last week. And did you have Nico preaching last week here? Yeah, no. Ah, okay. Great, because I've stolen some of his sermon, so haha, it's not here. Great. And the subject of today is the transformed mind. Now, the passage for today is found in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and it is in the Pew Bibles in page 1139. I looked it up uh, last week, uh, so I know it's there. The um, problem is that I've got it as a, as a memory verse, and don't, I can't understand why, but I memorized the American Standard Version. But anyway, if you, if you get the Pew Bibles in, in 1139, it'll say something like, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. Be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may know what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Or words to that effect, kind of thing, in the NIV. Now... Uh, because I'm doing only two verses, I've I, I got to kind of pad it out a bit. So I put in, in, in the screens a quote for the Amplified Bible, because I, th I think the Amplified really brings it out, and I'm going to be using it uh, in the talk as well. So here it goes. It says, <clears throat> I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the things which, which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Wow. So, <clears throat> the next slide, please. So, that picture over there, um, I took it. Um, on the 19th of April, 2018, and this is quite precise, and this is Cockfosters Road in deepest, darkest North London. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a coffee shop. I used, to, I used to work kind of around there, uh, and they had kind of good Wi-Fi, uh, and it was quiet, so I, so I used to do a lot of work there. And, uh, and they had those chocolate twists. You know, that, they were yummy. Anyway. I digress. But on that day in April, I had my kind of Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 moment. And, you know, God spoke to me about, about this passage in a, in, a, in a way that was so salient that I had to just kind of scribble it down and take that picture. Uh, kind of a millennial way of, of, of kind of a, a remembrance uh, marking an important event. If I, if I was living kind of in the ancient world, I would, I would have 
build some kind of can with some stones lying around, uh, which obviously would annoy the, the people of ancient Cock Fosters quite a lot because my stones would have been in the way kind of thing. But hey, it was my remembrance of, of that event. So I reread the notes that I took on that day, um, and I think I'm, I might have got it mm, slightly wrong in the sense that in the sense that I kind of reverse the causality of the, of the passage. So I, I was thinking at that time about finding the will of God. And how do you find the will of God? Well, by renewing your mind and being a living sacrifice for God um, and not conforming to the pattern of this world. Uh, but for now, let's look at the... I'll come back to that idea in a minute. But for now, let's look at the three elements of this passage, next slide please, uh, which are becoming a living sacrifice, renewing your mind, and a bit about the, the, the will of God. So the next slide please. Now the living sacrifice, I don't know if you can see the pictures. Um, this one is the trickiest one for me to pin down. Uh, and in fact I was here last Sunday, I was sitting around there. and. And I said to God, this is a bit weird. You know, this notion of living sacrifice? Well, what, what did, why did you put it in there? Because it sound to me, sounds to me that it's very weird. Why? Because a sacrifice is supposed to die. You know, so, so how come, you know, I can't be a living sacrifice? Am I supposed to be in a state of like near death all the time? about to die by the end, not, not dead? Um, as an aside, I mean, you can ask these questions of God. I mean, obviously, I'm still standing here and a thunderbolt from heaven hasn't consumed me, so I guess, I guess we're golden on that. Uh, but, but genuinely, I mean, you, if, you, if you ask questions of God, he will answer you. Uh, and God does have a sense of humor, by the way. And I think this really goes to the heart of this passage, the becoming a living sacrifice. Um, and it is this, this notion of something that is dead, but is still alive. And the way that I kind of reconcile that apparent contradiction is that you have to die to self, and in doing so, you become alive in Christ. But I come to realize that this death to self cannot be just one moment in time. Like that, you know, 19th of April, 2018, you take a picture, you know, you post it on Insta, and you're golden. Uh, it doesn't work like that. And the reason it doesn't work like that is that the, the tendencies of this world, the, the bad habits, kind of, they creep back in. Or maybe it's just, just, just the sheer busyness and, and constant noise of modern life that slowly but surely takes our focus away. Um, from the things of God. And I remember that this morning I mentioned, I don't know if you remember, but in the, well, it must have been this time two years ago when we had, when we had kind of the first lockdown. Uh, I remember I was, I was the, the days were beautiful, weren't they? And um, I was taking the dogs um, on Ashton Common, going for my, for my hour a day allowed exercise. And, and one thing I noticed when, when, I, when I was walking the dogs, obviously, it's, it, it seemed like, 
like somebody had kind of dialed up the volume of, of nature, of all the birds and that kind of stuff, to 11, they seemed much louder to me as I was walking around kind of as the common. And, and, and it's not that way. It's not that, they, <laughs> that the birds suddenly, oh, let's see, a bit louder, you know. They, they were the same sound there ever was. It's just that all of the other stuff that we put around, all the noise from the traffic, the, the trains and that kind of stuff, all was gone. And therefore, you, you were kind of, how can I say this? You were, you were completely kind of overwhelmed by this, by this sound of nature. So, so coming back to it, uh, is the sacrifice uh, that it is in the altar but sometimes we want to kind of like wriggle away from the altar, you know, just trying, no, oh, no, I don't want to be there. And, and the key is to stay in the altar. Just, just, just stay in the altar. And next slide, please. Because if we do that, then the next step Paul is urging us to accomplish is the renewal of, a, of our mind. And Boy, is that important in this day and age. I can't stress this enough. And I like the way the Amplified, the, 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 version, the version I've just read, says it. It says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. And I think, and I, think I, I don't know if it means it that way, but I think a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that goes on in society and in this culture is highly superficial and extremely shallow. So we'll do well not to be conformed to that. Um, and, and also this is important in a world where we have pretty much unfettered access to all sorts of content, which probably 98.2.7365% of it is absolute trash. And and last week, we had this slide from Nico. This is what I stole from his sermon. Uh, not shamelessly stolen, because I, I said I was going to steal it, and I asked for the PowerPoint. Uh, a bit of economy of time. So next slide, please. And it's this quote from John Mark Comer. I mean, I haven't read the book, but I do recommend that. I really read that, uh, John Mark. And he says, the problem is less that we tell lies, and more that we live them. We let false narratives about reality into our bodies, and they wreak havoc in our souls. I, I love that line about letting false narratives into our bodies. And this happens all the time. And if you don't believe me, look at all the <laughs> weirdness that happened throughout the pandemic, where there was huge amounts of, of, of fake news or false narratives going around, being spread around. And, and, it was, and, and, it was, and it was so pervasive that, you know, a lot of people started believing some, the most wacky, outlandish, nuts, crazy stuff. And, and when you combine that, the, the, the fake news, where people who had nothing to do but sit in, in the houses and just be fed even more kind of extreme claptrap through an algorithm, it, it was really a, quite an explosive sort of cocktail. Um, and this passage really is a, is a challenge to all of us, uh, me first. 
because we need to stop being conformed to the superficial customs of this day, um, which are probably more superficial and corrosive than in Paul's time, but who knows. So my top tips for this are to stop and to start. So the first one is stop. So stop watching you know, whatever random content kind of your favorite apps or providers trying to shove down your throat. Or maybe, at least, exercise an insanely great filter to whatever comes through your eyes. Um, and, the, and the next one is to start. So start consuming a different sort of content. Romans chapter 10 verse, verse Romans chapter 10, 10 verse 17, sorry, states, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. And, and you know, it, you, you, you might think that I'm going to say, you need to read your Bible more. And by all means, do that. But if, if you're anything like me, I think I've got, I've got a huge challenge before I can engage with the Bible like I should. And it's that thing about kind of dialing down the noise. Um, it's getting rid of um, all the kind of radio, television, content on your phone or whatever. You need to, you need to really get rid of all, your, all of that and in a moment of quietness, kind of there, engage with God. And my final point, then, is about the will of God. Next slide, please. And, and, and this is where, where, where I told you that uh, when, I, when I had that, you know, that moment with God in, in, in 2018, it kind of made total sense to me at, at that time. How, how do you um, arrive at the will of God? And if, you, if you've been in, in prayer ministry for, for even a short period of time, I'm sure you would have got the following scenario. You've got somebody coming to you, and they say, ooh, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to have, to, what, I, what, I'm, what am I to do in the future? I want to ask God what it is it he wants me to do. Or I've got, you know, option A, option B. What is it that I should do? And... There's not absolutely nothing wrong with that, okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I think the, uh, this passage shows us a better way to go about this. Instead of asking God, should I do this, should I do that? If we, if we become living sacrifices, stop living for ourselves, and we start living for Christ first, renewing our minds by being watchful about what well, 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 content we consume, there's absolutely no way you're going to miss God's will for your life. You're gonna, even if you stumble, you're going to stumble upon God's will. Um, because the passage talks about, well, it says, prove what's the will of God. And know in, in another translation. So those are you know, pretty strong words about how do you get to know the will of God. And it is through that process of becoming a living sacrifice and renewing your mind. Uh, if you do that, you will be in the center of God's will and you won't be able to miss it. So I, I think, I think the, the, there were some, some kernels of truth in what I've, you know, on the notes that I made 
on that day. However, kind of since that, and especially kind of in the last couple of weeks, I've been, I've become even more acutely aware of my shortcomings. And that this living sacrifice really needs to be kind of a daily thing. Uh, because since that day in 2018, if I'm being brutally honest, which I generally am, um, I've, kind of my life hasn't, hasn't gone the way that I probably should have gone with God. And I've now come to realize that these, these shortcomings are not something that can be remedied. I, there is no amount of self-improvement or self-help or anything that can make them better. Instead, I find uh, myself just having to fall on and rely on the mercy of God. But I think this is a positive motivation, or at least that's the way I see it. Um, it's not about telling people, you know, you're horrible, you're going to hell, turn up and all that stuff. But rather, how about this? God has taken the first step in being merciful. He has already had mercy towards me, you, and everybody. He sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. So why would you not receive that mercy? What is, what is holding you back? Why would you refuse to receive mercy and forgiveness? And it is the spirit of this passage that I beseech in, in those kind of ancient words, you and me, I plead earnestly with you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Not because you and me, you know, were horrible people, or last week you watched some content that you shouldn't have, but because of the fact that God in the person of Jesus has brought us mercy. In view of God's mercy, as the passage says, and because he has paved the way for us, let us commit to become living sacrifices. But not something that will be just a one-off thing, but a, a daily practice. Because God's mercy is not just a one-off thing, but a once-and-for-all thing. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 7, 24 and 25. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always, always lives to intercede for them. So his mercy continues to be poured out upon us today, and therefore, why would you not respond to God positively? In view of God's mercies, let us just stop trying to <laughs> improve ourselves, because uh, that's just wasting time, really. And let's fall on the mercies of God, and we will find kind of rest for our souls. And as Paul, so many years ago, wrote this letter uh, to, to a bunch of people in Rome whom he never met, or he never met at that point, I beseech you and me now by the mercies, plural, because the, the passage talks about the mercies of God. That means there's lots of it. To become living sacrifice and just remain in that altar, dying to self every day. Because in reality, we have so little to lose, if you think of it, and so much to gain if our mind is renewed. So now Gary is going to come up 
Uh, we, we didn't coordinate the shirts, okay? Just saying. There you go. <laughs> no pictures. But now, now, now Gary is, is going to come up. He's going to sing a song. And the way we're going to respond is, do you know, this, <laughs> this stuff is hard, OK? It's, it's not easy. So becoming a living sacrifice daily is not something that comes easy. So. But I'm going to ask you, if, if you want to, if you, if you want to come to the front, and, and we'll pray for you. The prayer ministry will pray. But not because there's any magic at the front and that kind of stuff. And it's not because, oh, if I come to the front, everything will be hunky-dory. No. What we will pray for you is that God will strengthen you. That God can strengthen you in your struggles. God can come along with you. And, that, and that's quite important because, and you can do it in your, in your, own, in your own seat if you want to. Because I'm not here to tell anybody, you know, what they've done wrong or that kind of stuff. And that's how you know it. But what I am here to say is that God has had mercy on us. And that mercy is something that is there, available for us. Why would you not take it? I mean, when I was preparing for this, I was listening to this a very, very old gospel song called Pass Me Not, or Gentle Saviour. And, and there is a line in there that says, Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Boy, I like that. Let me at your throne of mercy find relief for me. God has had mercy on us. Father, I thank you because you're a good God. I thank you for your son, Jesus, for his sacrifice on the cross. And Father, I know this is difficult, but Father, give us your strength to be able to walk with you daily as living sacrifices holy and acceptable to you. Thank you, God.